I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello there. Welcome in to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you may be listening on all of our great affiliates across the Sports Byline family or listening in podcast form via iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or WorldSoccerTalk.com. I am your host, Nate Abarea. Tweet me at Nate WST. Get involved in the Twitter sphere. Let us know what you think about the show. Leave a review on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. And again, that Twitter for all of us at World Soccer Talk. Very excited for today's show. Ian Crocker, a football commentator for Sky Sports that you have definitely heard if you've watched the Premier League or or the Scottish uh, Premiership over the uh, last decade plus. He's been a radio and television voice, the beautiful game, actually for over 25 years. And we're going to be talking with Ian Crocker all about his new book, Have Mike Will Travel, a football commentator's journey. Cannot wait to get into that conversation with Ian Crocker himself. And I mean, this is a book that goes from Derby to Donetsk, Middlesbrough to Macedonia, Newcastle to New York, South End to South Africa, from Football League to Premier League and everywhere in between. Ian Crocker will be with us right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. And the, the title of that book just gives me the happiest of chills. Have Mike Will Travel after the last three weeks that have seen me go all around this golden state of California and these traveling ways that currently have me way down here in San Diego. And get this, on Saturday night, there is a home match for the San Diego Soccers, which I'm hoping to attend. And for those of you that don't know about the modern San Diego Soccers, a name, a moniker that has been around for quite some time, but the San Diego Soccers, an indoor team. And I think back to a highly successful indoor team, it should be said. I think back to the interviews that we've had on the show with JP Della Camera, who got his start as a soccer broadcaster in the indoor game. I think back to talks with, uh, with Janusz Mahalik on this show, and I cannot wait to get to see the San Diego Soccers live and in the flesh. Indoor soccer in the southern tip of Southern of California right here in San Diego. Ian Crocker with us on the other side of this break. It's World Soccer Talk Radio. Stay tuned. 
If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for, freesoccertrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S., Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. It's the Yellow Tag Event, and now is the time to find your ultimate adventure. Whether you're hitting the trails with a Can-Am ATV or side-by-side, the open road on a Can-Am Spider, or carving snow on a Ski-Doo snowmobile, you can turn up the excitement for any season with our industry-leading performance and technology. Hurry into your local dealer by October 31st and save up to $3,000 on select 2015 models and get up to a three-year warranty. Restrictions may apply. See your dealer for details. For safety and training info, contact the ATV Safety Institute. They're out there. Gunk, corrosion, and wear relentlessly preying on engines. But new Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline provides unbeatable protection from gunk and corrosion and superior protection against wear for the best total engine protection you can get. Stay ahead of engine threats with new Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline today. Geico applauds your inner happy camper. A merit badge of awesomeness goes out to the part of you that wants to put the recreation in recreational vehicle. The part of you that packs up everything and everybody in the RV and says, let's get this show on the road. Because Geico has specialized agents who help save money on more than just car insurance. Geico will insure that entire RV. So you can get the s'more making, poison ivy dodging, same song singing, ghost storytelling, campfire building, best time you ever had with your family. Show on the road. Geico for your RV. See how much you could save. See the world's best matches live wherever you are with Fox Soccer to Go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app, get the games, and get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime, anywhere. Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com. And now, more of World Soccer Talk Radio, right here on Sports Byline and SportsByline.com. Welcome back in to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Abarea. Tweet me at NateWST and get a hold of all of us at World Soccer Talk. Our guest in this edition of the show is a football commentator for Sky Sports, and he's been a radio and television voice of the beautiful game for over 25 years. His new book is entitled Have Mike Will Travel, A Football Commentator's Journey. Ian Crocker, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me on, mate. How are you? I'm doing fantastic down here in uh, beautiful San Diego, California for the time being. Where are you located currently? I'm currently in Birmingham in the West Midlands of England. 
All right. So San Diego to Birmingham. Away we go with this episode of World <laughs> Soccer Talk Radio. And, of course, a shout-out to the engineers back in San Francisco. Ian, let's talk all about the new book, Have Mike Will Travel, A Football Commentator's Journey. What was the inspiration uh, to, to write this thing? Well, I just thought, mate, I've been commentating, as you said, for 25 years now. And um, uh, I've commentated on about 30-odd different competitions in, in about a, the same number of countries, actually, including the USA in the World Cup in 94. And obviously, along the way, there were quite a few tales to tell, which hopefully people will find funny and uh, generally amusing. So I just had the idea a couple of years ago to put it all together in, in a book. And when I first started commentating in Scotland about 17 years ago now, uh, one of the newspapers up there said I was a have Mike Will travel commentator. I'm not sure that was meant as a compliment, but I remembered it all these years and thought that would be a good title for the uh, the book. Well, w- w- without giving away everything uh, in the book, and, and a little bit later in the show, we'll, we'll let listeners know how they can get a hold of this thing. But talk about some of the most fascinating journeys that, that you have experienced in, in your life as a football commentator. Well, I was lucky enough, as I mentioned, to do the World Cup in the USA in 94. Seems absolutely ages ago now, and in fact it was. Uh, but I went to New York and Boston and to the, the final and the Pasadena Rose Bowl, and that was just a fantastic experience in the great World Cup. That time you got it back. Um, and then I went to the World Cup in South Africa as well in 2010, which is a very different experience. I've been to Barcelona and Bayern Munich and Real Madrid and all those grounds. So um, it's not a bad way to make a living, really, is it? Uh, so many stories along the way. Um, they're all in the book. Um, I was lucky enough to commentate quite a lot on Manchester United when they won the treble back in 99. And that was, I mean, they were just a fantastic team to watch. Now, Ian, so much of your work over the years has has been centered in the UK, in in Scotland, and in England. But I love it in the description of this book. You know, it talks about from from Derby to Donetsk, from Middlesbrough to Macedonia, from South End to South Africa. When you think about kind of the internationalization of your career, how do, how does that make you feel as someone who's who's been centered in the UK yet you've branched out all across the globe in your years behind the microphone? First of all, you do. People often say to you, you know, you don't know how lucky you are to be a football commentator, getting paid to watch football and travel the world as well. But we absolutely do know how lucky we are. I mean, it's an immense privilege to get to go to all these countries and to watch football far and wide. Um, fantastic experience. Uh, like I mentioned, actually going to the, the new camp. I mean, I've been about five or six times now and I could happily, I mean, it must be great if you have a season ticket to watch them every week, you know, just a fantastic experience. Uh, but many other places as well. Um, I, I really love the giant stadium in New York when I went there, and I did put that on my list of favourite arenas as well. Um, Old Trafford, and obviously having done a fair bit of Scottish football, the main two stadiums in Glasgow, Selfie Park and Ibrox, are always going to be pretty special to me because the atmosphere is generated in those two places. Um, it's hard, hard to match around the world. Ian, when did you know you wanted to become a football commentator? When I was quite young, um, I sort of did my own commentary on games as I sat as a young boy in my lounge watching matches on the telly. Um, initially, I quite fancied being a newspaper journalist, but then heard various commentators on radio and television and thought I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, obviously, it's a pretty strange career path to go down because uh, back then there weren't actually many 
football commentators about, whereas now there's a whole lot more. But I got a job working at West Ham as the stadium announcer, doing the, all the announcements during the game and before and after. And I was a West Ham fan as well, so that was uh, the job of my dreams. And from there, met some guys from Capital Radio in London and it all moved on from there quite quickly. Talk about the the, the the radio side of this for you, because it's so interesting with, with football commentators all around the globe. How many of you guys got your start on on the radio? Talk about the importance of radio in your career, Ian. Very important. I love radio. I don't do so much of it now, and I really miss it, because you are actually painting the pictures for fans who are listening, whereas on television, they can see the pictures, and you're merely trying to add a little bit of information um, without stating the obvious too much. Whereas radio, I think, is, 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 you've got quite a special relationship with your listener because they can't see what's going on. You're telling them and you're making those pictures, hopefully, in their minds. So uh, I really, really love doing radio um, and uh, wish I could do a bit more, but the circumstances at the moment don't allow that. But um, I think it's, it's a great medium for, for generally for sports broadcasting. Ian, I want to go back to something that you touched on uh, a few moments ago, and that is kind of the the evolution of the job market for for football commentators. Talk a little bit about how the the work uh, for football commentators has changed from the days when when you first started, specifically in regards to just the abundance of of availability, but also in regards to the abundance of talent here in this day and age. Yeah, well, I mean, when I was growing up, there were only really two television channels in England that actually showed football or of any sort. It was BBC and ITV over here. And obviously that's changed dramatically and considerably over the years with satellite television. And and um, back then, you know, when I was growing up, there was only really three or four commentators that you actually knew. And they were household names because they were the only ones you ever heard on the telly growing up. Um, whereas now there are so many TV stations around, but also so many football matches around the world are covered live. I mean, you only have to look in any one day. And there's a phenomenal amount of matches, you know. There's, there's actually, you know, there's possibly too much football to be able to watch on television these days. So it's changed a lot in that respect. And now there are a lot more commentators. But I like to think we're all a, a bit different because if we all sounded the same, we'd come across as rather boring. <laughs> Everyone needs their own style. And uh, off of that, who were the who were the commentators growing up that you really you really took to and didn't want to imitate, but were definitely interested in in emulating and maybe taking a few uh, tippers from over the years? Yeah, well, when I was growing up, it was Barry Davis and John Moxon at the BBC and Brian Moore at ITV in England. Uh, but there was a guy called Peter Jones who was a commentator on national radio for the BBC and. It was his voice, really, because when I used to go to games as a boy, I'd take my radio along, and this was way before the days where you'd have earphones. I'd just play my radio out in amongst the crowd, and his was the voice who'd be commentating on the main game of the day. So, so it was he, really, uh, many years ago, I'm talking like the late 1970s, that gave me the love of the possibility that I could actually be a football commentator one day. And then the, watching the TV guys, Growing up, you just think, "Wow, what a what a what a great job it would be to do." And you know, sometimes I still have to pinch myself that I'm actually doing it. <laughs> Ian, when you brought your radio to the grounds in the late late seventies, and you're just blaring that thing during the match, were were there people telling you, "Hey, shut that thing off," or was everybody kind of around you enjoying <laughs> the radio broadcast together? That was the beauty of it. Everybody would crowd around and have a listen to all the other scores from the other games going on because. Where I grew up uh, and took my radio to games was down on the south coast of England in Dorset and Weymouth 
for my local team and they were non-league so we never got big crowds so we were always interested in what was happening in the, the top flight of English football but it was but that also was the beauty of radio it had everybody crowding around and listening to the every word of the commentators maybe that was your first introduction in, in learning how to how to draw a crowd as a broadcaster eh <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe, maybe. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Ian Crocker is with us here on World Soccer Talk Radio, talking all about his new book, Have a Mike Will Travel, a Football Commentator's Journey. We'll continue this conversation on the other side of this break. It's World Soccer Talk Radio right here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Don't go- Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com. They're out there. Gunk, corrosion, and wear. Relentlessly preying on engines. But new Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline provides unbeatable protection from gunk and corrosion. And superior protection against wear. For the best total engine protection you can get. Stay ahead of engine threats with new Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline today. It's the Yellow Tag Event, and now is the time to find your ultimate adventure. Whether you're hitting the trails with a Can-Am ATV or side-by-side, the open road on a Can-Am Spider, or carving snow on a Ski-Doo snowmobile, you can turn up the excitement for any season with our industry-leading performance and technology. Hurry into your local dealer by October 31st and save up to $3,000 on select 2015 models and get up to a three-year warranty. Restrictions may apply. See your dealer for details. For safety and training info, contact the ATV Safety Institute. Geico applauds your inner happy camper. A merit badge of awesomeness goes out to the part of you that wants to put the recreation in recreational vehicle. The part of you that packs up everything and everybody in the RV and says, let's get this show on the road. Because Geico has specialized agents who help save money on more than just car insurance. Geico will insure that entire RV so you can get the s'more making, poison ivy dodging, same song singing, ghost storytelling, campfire building, best time you ever had with your family, show on the road. Geico for your RV. See how much you could save. If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for, freesoccertrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. 
All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Pretty good. Pretty damn good, that's yeah! <laughs> Welcome back in to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Nate Abarea. Tweet me at NateWST and get a hold of all of us at World Soccer Talk. And be sure to leave a review. Let us know what you think about this show on iTunes and Again, get a hold of all of us on Twitter at World Soccer Talk. We're joined by Ian Crocker, author of Have Mike Will Travel, a football commentator's journey. Ian, you are a West Ham supporter. How you became a West Ham supporter is kind of a funny story. You care to share that with us? It is, mate. Well, I was growing up in Weymouth, as I mentioned, on the, the rather sleepy south coast of England. And it's a small seaside holiday resort. Not much went on. Weymouth, the local team, were non-league. And they played in uh, Claret and Blue. So when you're nine years old, you're thinking, well, I can't go through my whole life just supporting Weymouth. I've got to have a proper team. So I noticed that West Ham had the same colours. And I thought, when you're nine years old, that's plain simple thinking, isn't it? I'll go go for West Ham. And five months after I started supporting them, they won the FA Cup in in 1975. And then they went and won it again in 1980, beating Arsenal in the final. So in my younger days, I thought, this is definitely the team for me. I can't go wrong. Little did I know that they haven't won anything or wouldn't win anything since 1980 in the FA Cup final. So it's been a long, uh, a long old task supporting them through thin and thin, as they say. But at least this season, we're looking pretty good. Well, you, you got spoiled early and, and now you've had to earn the, the subsequent 30 years uh, while supporting uh, West Ham. Talk about that a little bit more, though, the, the balance of being uh, a kid from a small town. And whether it's on the south coast, whether it's in the, the far north of the country, this is something that's very common in England of, of kids or even adults from, from small towns that, that want to be a part of, of the Premier League or the old first division, whatever it may be. They, they want to have a, a vest interest in, in the top flight, but they're from a, a small local town. Talk about balancing your, your support of Weymouth and, and your support of West Ham as a child and, and into adulthood. Yeah, well, I never got to see West Ham play for years because obviously we were a fair way from, from London. Uh, I used to go and watch Southampton because they were a bit closer, so I saw a few games there, but never really felt the buzz for Southampton like I did for, for West Ham. And um, I moved to London when I was 17 for work purposes, basically to try and get a job in radio or television, it took me quite a few years to actually do that. But then I was uh, following West Ham week in, week out, and eventually got that job there as uh, the stadium announcer, which was fantastic. But, um, I, I don't think it matters where you uh, grow up. You've got to follow your dreams, haven't you? And um, I think uh, I managed to do that. Absolutely. Now, now as a, a Hammers supporter... There's there's all sorts of stuff going on. You talk about the success in in the league right now and a lot of high hopes uh, around the club. But there's some interesting uh, off field issues, actually some some great stuff, depending on how you look at it. And that's the move to the Olympic Stadium. But there's a lot of folks we talk about being we're talking off the air about being fans of nostalgia. And there are a lot of folks who are most definitely going to miss Upton Park. What are you going to miss about Upton Park? Uh, But but on that same token, what are you most looking forward to about West? Ham's uh, move to the Olympic Stadium? 
Well, I'm certainly going to miss Upton Park because it is a very special place, especially night matches under the floodlights. The atmosphere, the fans are terrific and always have been. And there's a, it's a club with a special feeling. And for many years, when I was working there, in fact, the, the people who actually worked at the club behind the scenes stayed there for 25, 30 years. It was a real family club and, and, and certainly has retained that. Upton Park is a very special place. And when I first realised that was happening, I wasn't too sure about it, but then you have seen it happen to Arsenal with Highbury, to Sunderland with Roker Park, to Leicester with Bilbert Street, to Derby with a baseball ground. And you think, really, in this day and age, it is probably right for the future of the club in the current football climate that we have. And everything I've seen about the Olympic Stadium looks fantastic. There was a fear that the fans would be too far away from the pitch because of the running track, but they sorted that out with um, movable seating that will take fans nearer. Uh, a much bigger atmosphere and the more I see of the plans for the stadium the more I think that could be a really special place as well and I know a lot of people say that new ground sometimes you lose a bit of the character that the old grounds had and I would agree with that to, to some extent but having said that I go to Leicester quite a lot I'm going there on Saturday now Philbert Street used to be a typical old ground with a bit of character but I think a ground can be what the, the fans make it and the Leicester fans absolutely terrific they make so much noise whether they're winning drawing or losing that they've turned the king power stadium leicester into possibly along with crystal palace who ironically they play on saturday the two best atmospheres in the premier league arguably because at the bigger ground sometimes it's a little bit quieter it is beautiful to hear you say that about the King Power. Uh, Filbert Street is a place near and dear to my heart. Got to actually go a couple of times uh, as, as an eight-year-old child uh, to a couple of Leicester City matches at Filbert Street and, and you know, kind of cutting my teeth as a, as a supporter over there uh, in, in the UK. And it was something that was, it was a place that was very near and dear to my heart and, and kind of almost maybe shed a tear when Leicester moved beyond it. But to hear you as well as other commentators and other journalists say that, that, wow, it's almost like they, they took the old school Filbert Street attitude and just brought it in to this nice new stadium. Is that something that, you know, that, that same principle, could you see that happening with West Ham or that great atmosphere of Upton Park that you talk about? Could you see it transitioning to the Olympic Stadium and, and the fans embracing it and having it with, with just as much passion as, as the bowling ground? I think so, because knowing West Ham fans as I do, you know, they're, they're pretty good as well when it comes to making a noise. And um, I think with Leicester's new stadium, well, not so new now, but when they moved. And last season, I did a lot of games there when they were not winning. They only started winning in the last month of the season, really. And the fans were absolutely fantastic. And listen to other fans who sometimes don't back their team enough. The Leicester fans were behind that team, whether they were losing, which they were a lot to start with, winning, drawing. And I, I honestly, generally, and, and speaking to players, I, I think that does work for players as well. They can feel that everyone's behind them and in the end they pulled off the great escape and look at them now you know they're flying high and, and looking brilliant so yeah I, I think West Ham will, will probably uh, be like that as long as they can sell the place out because there's nothing worse than seeing empty seats at a, a football stadium but um, now I'm pretty sure pretty sure West Ham will be and the fans will be quite good at making a big noise. Now, Ian, I want to talk with you about one more thing relating to the move to the Olympic Stadium for, for West Ham and that is 
the and this is a word that you know might drive a lot of English listeners crazy, but the the entity of West Ham, the brand of West Ham, and what moving into a stadium like the, this new English Olympic Stadium, what it could do for the the international brand of of West Ham as a club in terms of attracting talent, in terms of attracting sponsorship dollars. How do you feel about that aspect of all this? I think that's very much part of the game these days, and it has to be looked at. I know. Um... You know, uh, some fans aren't too keen on the, the corporate side, the hospitality side of football, but it's here to stay. You know, the Premier League is huge business now around the world, uh, and it is all part of the game. But uh, one thing's for sure, I don't think West Ham will forget their, you know, the main majority of their fans who've been with them for years. And, um, you know, the Premier League is so massive that you've just got to accept that, that uh, that's the way things are going. I mean, you know, when I was watching them, uh, everything would be pretty small scale in terms of people who worked at the club. You'd kind of know everybody back in the sort of mid eighties on first name terms. Whereas now, you know, a lot of these clubs employ hundreds of staff because they need to, to keep pace with the way football is developing and especially the Premier League. So it's part and parcel of where we are at the minute, but you can't help. Uh, I still think the best part of that football is being an ordinary fan going to sit in your seat and, and watching the game rather than tuck it into the prawn sandwiches as Roy Keane might have said. <laughs> you talk about the uh, the FA Cup finals uh, back in back in 75 and, and in 1980. What are some of your other uh, uh, favorite memories of, of supporting West Ham through thin and thin, uh, as, you, as you so eloquently put it? Yeah, well, we played, uh, we played Oldham Athletic once up north near Manchester in a, in a League Cup semi-final first leg. And we went up there to follow them and it was a Valentine's day. So we, we left our girlfriends at home and uh, me and a few mates went up there and we somehow contrived to lose six nil in the first <laughs> leg of the league cup semi-final. Now that could only happen to West Ham. And in fact, we did it again, but it was against Manchester city a couple of years ago, which is a bit more understandable. Um, and it was in the pouring rain at Banbury park, Oldham on a plastic pitch that they used to have back in the day. And, but to me, the, the camaraderie amongst the West Ham fans that night, actually makes that stand out as one of the great days of supporting them because it was more about the fans being together and the humour was just outstanding. And, and the same thing happened about a year later when we lost in FA Cup semi-final 4-0 to Nottingham Forest, Brian Clough's Nottingham Forest. Um, we had Tony Gale sent off early in the game rather harshly. And obviously we might have lost the game anyways, but with 10 men, we, we certainly uh, were never going to get anything out of it and ended up losing 4-0. Billy Bonds was in charge, and the fans then just kept singing Billy Bonds' Claret and Blue Army absolutely nonstop throughout the game, drowning out the Forest fans when they scored, and just singing it right to the end. And sometimes it's not all about winning trophies, which is just as well when you follow West Ham over the years. It's days like that when fans are... Uh, I've not seen fans so together like they were on those two nights uh, at Oldham and in the FA Cup against Forest. Ian Crocker is with us here on World Soccer Talk Radio, football commentator for Sky Sports, and as we've talked about, a radio and television voice of the beautiful game for over 25 years. The new book is Have Mike Will Travel, a football commentator's journey. We will continue this conversation on the other side of this break. It's World Soccer Talk Radio right here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Tweet us 
at World Soccer Talk, at Sports Byline USA. Tweet me at NateWST. And again, be sure to let us know what you think of the show. Leave a review on iTunes and check out the podcast iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Back after this, Nate Abarea and Ian Crocker here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio. Stay tuned. Songs from 450,000 artists. iHeartRadio. Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota. I create my own radio stations. Millions of songs, thousands of stations, one free app. iHeartRadio is that easy. Download the app today or listen online at iHeartRadio.com. It's the Yellow Tag Event, and now is the time to find your ultimate adventure. Whether you're hitting the trails with a Can-Am ATV or side-by-side, the open road on a Can-Am Spider, or carving snow on a Ski-Doo snowmobile, you can turn up the excitement for any season with our industry-leading performance and technology. Hurry into your local dealer by October 31st and save up to $3,000 on select 2015 models and get up to a three-year warranty. Restrictions may apply. See your dealer for details. For safety and training info, contact the ATV Safety Institute. Pedro Fernandez here. You might know me as the host of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, but this time I'm here to talk about that four-letter word everybody dreads, pain. If you have back pain or knee pain like I do, hey, you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. I'm talking about if Medicare is your primary medical insurance, and guess what? You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. Anything to help me with the pain, hey, makes it more manageable, gets my attention, folks. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for your back, ankle, knee, or shoulder, guess what? Give the Health Alert Hotline a call toll-free, 1-800-428-1570. 1-800-428-1570. You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. 1-800-428-1570. The Health Alert Hotline, 1-800-428-1570. Hey, sports fans, it's time to take football to a whole new level. Put the excitement back in the game and put your money where your mouth is. Real Vegas odds and incredible player props make MyBookie your best bet this season. Did the game already go off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie offers in-game live betting on all your favorite sporting events. Create your account today. Right now, the baseball playoffs are in full swing. Don't just watch the game, be a part of it. It's time to get off the sidelines and start winning today. We guarantee fast, convenient payouts over the phone or online. MyBookie is the best website for all of your wagering needs. Call now at 844-900-BETS. Enter promo code USA. That's USA. And receive a 100% bonus. That's 844-900-2387. Or go online to MyBookie.lv to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at MyBookie. Sign up today. You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. 
How'd you like to play football against the Germans? Why not? We are back right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Ian Crocker is our guest, football commentator for Sky Sports and author of the new book, Have Mike Will Travel a Football Commentator's Journey. Ian, it's time for for something that I have been very much looking forward to, and that is to not only open up this book a little bit, but take a glorious trip down memory lane and talk about some of your greatest experiences as a football commentator. What are those matches? And we can we can go through uh, quite a few of these here, but the the first couple that really pop into your mind when you think about the greatest matches that you've been privileged to commentate on. Well, I've been lucky to commentate on 45 Old Firm games in Glasgow between Celtic and Rangers. We've missed them for a few years, uh, but we should get them back next season, and I can't wait. I have to say, for me, and I know there are great derbies in the world, you know, um, all around the world, but for me, I'm not sure anything comes close to watching Celtic against Rangers in Glasgow. Sometimes for the wrong reasons, because it's a fixture that comes with a bit of baggage, but Despite that, it is a, a unique sporting event. And we did a, a game in 2000 where Martin O'Neill had just become manager of Celtic. It was his first Old Firm game. And he won it 6-2. They were 3-0 up in 11 and a half minutes. And I've never seen um, a spell of football like that. And and in the next game when they met, Rangers beat Celtic 5-1. So he went from Celtic winning 6-2 to Rangers winning 5-1, which kind of sums up the way it was in Glasgow with them too. You just absolutely never knew what to expect and the atmosphere was terrific. I was also lucky enough to be at Celtic Park when Celtic beat Barcelona, uh, famously in a game that got headlines around the world and there was something very special about the atmosphere. Actually, before the game that night, you kind of had a feeling, I mean, it's always good on Champions League nights there, but you just had a feeling that night that something big might actually happen. And there's been many games. I did a lot of Manchester United when they won the treble, as I mentioned earlier. Funnily enough, there's a game against my team, West Ham, that sticks out when they actually thrashed West Ham 7-1 in, in the days of Beckham and Scholes and Giggs and Keane. And that performance and then that day, they were actually 1-0 down and could have gone 2-0 down, but the football they played was just absolutely magnificent to watch. And, of course, even better to commentate on because it was all there in, in front of you happening. You couldn't go wrong in terms of commentating. Ian, do these memories get better with time for you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you remember these uh, games, and they do. It amazed me that I was talking to somebody about that Celtic Six Rangers two game the other week, and we figured out that it was actually more or less 15 years ago to the day, and that just worries you because it makes you wonder where those 15 years have gone. But <laughs> um, I love looking back at the old games. Um, I mean, I did one once that, that it was Motherwell against Hibs in Scotland, which is a game that might not mean much to many people, but it actually finished 6-6 on the night. And Hibs were 6-2 up. Motherwell scored four times late on and missed a penalty, so could have actually won it 7-6. And these games stick in your mind. I mean, I did a game in the, in the FA Cup many years ago on radio where Warsaw beat Torquay 8-4. So another 12-goal game. So, um, yeah, they're, they're all in my list of favourite games. And thankfully, there's been quite a few over the years. Ian, I've heard a lot of uh, great, great soccer commentators over the years uh, make make the, the the joke. I mean, it's a half serious statement, half joking statement that you know nothing makes me sound better as a commentator than a great goal scorer. 
You know, when the great goal scorer is out there doing his thing, it makes me seem like I'm just the greatest commentator in the world. There was one player for Celtic for a number of years where I actually became very familiar with your work as a commentator because of this man up top for Celtic. And I speak uh, of a man by the name of Heinrich Larson. What do you remember about uh, commentating Larson's matches and, and calling uh, so many of his goals for Celtic uh, in, in the old SPL? Yeah, well, he scored over 50 goals in one season, so I might be running out of things to say about him that season, although maybe not. <laughs> um, he was an absolutely phenomenal player with Henrik. And amazingly, you know, the Scottish League, uh, you know, it wouldn't, I think it's fair to say, wouldn't count as one of the, the big leagues in the world. But he stayed at Celtic seven years. And I think that says a lot about the pull of Celtic because he was really happy there and loved it. But we then saw what he went and did with Barcelona and Manchester United quite late in his career. Um, I don't think he'd have any regrets about not going to clubs like that earlier, though, because he absolutely loved his time in Glasgow. And he, he was just an extraordinary player to watch. In that 6-2 game, he scored a wonderful chip, to which I screamed, that is sensational on, because it was. Um, Celtic fans kindly still quote that at me today. But it's true, you can't, uh, you can't do this job without the players. <laughs> and when they're scoring fantastic goals, I like to think that when you've been commentating for a few years, you can come up with a line worthy of such goals. <laughs> now, touch on that a little bit more. Who are some of the other players over the years that, that when you'd, you'd get to the ground, you'd get up to the gantry, and you'd even you know, see a guy just warming up, and you'd get that feeling, okay, when this guy gets on the ball, it could be one of those special moments. Who were some of those other players for you over the years that really, really did that for you as a commentator? Well, as I mentioned, I've been to Barcelona a few times and well, you could actually pick anyone from, from that team to watch. But obviously there was one outstanding candidate in uh, Lionel Messi, although uh, he was on the losing side when he came to uh, something that one time. Um, I would say the, the Manchester United team, that was fortunate enough to see quite a lot of that included Beckham and Giggs and Scholes, Keane and many others, in fact, were an absolute joy to watch. And people often ask me, what, what, which is the favourite which is my favourite stadium to commentate at. And I, I always answer Old Trafford because the sheer size and volume of the place is, is just makes you almost speechless, obviously not in commentating terms. But I used to get there <laughs> four to five hours before a match and the place was absolutely mobbed. You couldn't move. Everyone was there so early, such as the, the size of the club. And the gantry is great there. You look down and, and I would have to say the, the overriding memories of Looking down and watching Skulls and Beckham and that team warm up were fantastic for me because you you absolutely knew that they were going to deliver, give you a game, give you some goals, give you something to talk about and be a fantastic watch. Ian, you were a, a fan of the game. You, you grew up with the game. You grew up simply loving the sport. How do you balance being a fan, and whether it's you know, looking back to, to Weymouth or with West Ham, how do you balance being a fan, being a supporter, with being a professional broadcaster? It's quite easy, funnily enough, um, because I've done West Ham, commentated on them, losing 7-1 at Manchester United, as I mentioned, but also losing 7-1 at Blackburn. We did well to do it twice by uh, that scoreline. You actually do detach yourself from the fact that you are a fan during the game. I mean, West Ham reached a playoff final back in 2004, I think it was, when we lost to Crystal Palace and I was commentating on the game at the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff when Wembley was out of use. And Crystal Palace beat West Ham 1-0 and uh, somebody said to me, and the full-time whistle, I'm sorry that your team lost. And that, that was genuinely, honestly, the first time I'd actually thought about that, that my team actually had lost because I've been so focused on commentating on the game and 
And you, you do get it like that. First and foremost, I am a, a football fan. I, I, I love everything about the game and try to make any game, whatever it is, sound you know, entertaining and, and be interested in it. So you do switch off. But also when you've followed West Ham for as long as I have, then you're kind of used to them getting beaten and letting you down. So it does pass you by. <laughs> now, Ian, you, you've commentated matches for the world feeds uh, over the years, uh, especially in regards uh, to the Premier League. And I have to ask you, whether it's the Premier League or, or other competitions that you've called, how often have you ever uh, done games where you're not at the stadium, where you're actually commentating simply off the monitor? And, and if you have done that, what's that like? Um, I think that happened quite a bit in uh, in in sort of years gone by, but not so much recently. It's very different when you're doing that, but um, because obviously you're not at the game and you can't see the offsides, and you know you're you're watching it, so you were watching it on a TV screen, you know, back in London somewhere. It's a very different experience. I'd much rather be at the game, and uh, certainly lately, generally we are. I think I think it was at a time when there were so many games around that it was probably not feasible to uh, to actually get to all of them but I think you'll find uh, now, nowadays in the well certainly in the Premier League everyone is actually there and experiencing the, the whole thing and it just makes such a difference being being at a ground. You brought up Old Trafford uh, as as one of your favorite grounds and obviously we, we've talked about the the grounds in Glasgow so so outside of those what are some of the other ones that, that are the first to, to pop into your mind as far as those grounds that really do it for you the ones that that really get the blood flowing as as a commentator and as as a fan of the game over the years yeah well I mentioned that there are a lot of new stadiums around and how good uh, Leicester is but I still do like the oldie style stadiums and I would have to say Goodison Park is pretty good on that score because they can make a right good noise as well and it it has got that oldie feel to it um the new camp for me just sends a shiver down my spine every time although the television gantry is actually so high at the new camp you can barely see the players on the pitch but of course when you commentate you can't really moan about that because everyone will go what are you moaning about you're in the new camp watching barcelona and they're quite right but uh, it is a, a long way up there in the gods in the new camp still a fantastic uh, stadium to commentate from and uh, many many grounds in England really that have a real atmosphere Tottenham's pretty good um, and, I, and I especially like the North East clubs mainly for the passion of the fans and I know they're going through a bit of a rough time at, at the moment at Newcastle and Sunderland but it, it's a it's a special part of the country in the North East and just imagine if somebody actually brought success to Newcastle and to Sunderland as well You'd want to be the manager, wouldn't you, that actually brought a trophy to, to, to Newcastle in particular because the whole place would go absolutely crazy. To be the hero of the North. Oh, what a dream it would be. Ian Crocker, one, one thing I've really uh, wanted, wanted to ask you about here, and this goes back actually to a, a great description of the book where it talks about from great players, characters, managers, matches and goals to hopefully shouting all the names of the players out correctly. Have you ever slipped up horribly as far as a pronunciation of a name of a player? Do you have any funny stories in, in that regard? Um, generally on the pronunciations, not too bad because you've normally done your homework and you know, but I have had a couple of instances down the years that you do commentate on so many games and the worst nightmare for a commentator is actually getting the name of the goal scorer wrong. And, um, I have to own up and say that has happened not very, not very often, possibly two or three times, but, uh, very occasionally, you know, you think you see something and it turns out to be something completely different. And, and 
nowadays the game goes at such a pace that sometimes to keep up with all that's happening, that's my excuse anyway, you know, you, it can happen. And you can, you can almost, well, you do see something that you think you've seen, but it hasn't actually happened. Somebody else has scored the goal. So there's been uh, one or two moments like that. But when you think of the number of goals you've called or announced in 25 years of commentating, to only have two or three uh, sort of big mistakes, I thought I think I might take that. I might take that for 25 years, but they <laughs> they still hurt you. They still hurt. You. They're the ones that everyone remembers as well. Nobody remembers all the good goals. Well, we'll talk about that. I mean, in the two minutes that we got left here with you, you touched on a really, really funny point there, and that is that you know, if a broadcaster, if a commentator has a, a blooper moment, it lives on forever. And yet, it's like, hey, I've called ninety-nine out of a hundred of these perfectly, and everyone just wants to remember the one. I mean, what's that like? Is there an element, especially as a top-flight commentator, of of a tightrope walk of sorts? Oh, definitely. You're, um, I always think you're five or ten seconds away from, you know, making a, a really big mistake. It's like goalkeepers, isn't it? When they make a mistake, <laughs> there's no hiding place. When an outfield player makes a mistake and gives the ball away, it generally isn't noticed in the grand scheme of things. But when a goalkeeper does it, you know all about it. And commentators are uh, the same in that respect. And you're right. You can, you can have a fantastic game, get everything right, get one little moment wrong. Uh, and, and that can be it. I mean, I did a game in Scotland between Hibs and Aberdeen years ago in a Scottish Cup semi-final. And just as I was ending the commentary with my payoff line, I thought, it came into my head, I thought, I've actually done quite a good commentary there. And then I did the score and got the score the wrong way around. With, <laughs> with my last words, last words of the afternoon. And you think, that's why you should never think you've done a decent job until you've actually put the mic down at the end. Oh, my goodness. Ian Crocker, how can folks <laughs> get the book? How can they get their hands on this thing? Well, it's on Amazon. It's published by Pitch Publishing. So uh, Google it and have a look around. It's uh, available from quite a, a few places. Um, and it, it basically hopefully got a few uh, funny tales that you might enjoy. There's quite a lot of Gla- uh, Glasgow and Celtic and Rangers and Manchester United and West Ham in there um, and covering World Cups. The, the USA gets a bit of a mention as well from 1994. The book is Have Mike Will Travel, a football commentator's journey. Ian Crocker, there's been a great pleasure and privilege having you on the show. You're welcome back anytime, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Pleasure. Again, that was Ian Crocker. We're back after this on World Soccer Talk Radio, taking the express train home right here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Here's an urgent alert from the Student Loan Hotline. The average student loan debt is $25,000. Have you been out of college for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? If you are struggling with paying off your student loan, if you are past due, we can help. Nationwide Student Loan Relief can now restructure your student loans. We can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop harassing collection calls, and even eliminate your student loan payment. If you can't afford your student loans, or if you're past due and you need help, you must call right now. We will restructure your loan or your money back, and that's a guarantee. So call the Student Loan Hotline right now. 800-949-8707. 800-949-8707. 
Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. Do you know which investment has tripled in price since the debt crisis and risen an average 20% a year for 11 years? It's not stocks, not bonds, it's silver. And right now, we at Lear Capital believe silver is poised to hit new record highs. And we're making it easier to own than ever. For a limited time, new customers with $5,000 or more to invest in gold or silver can get up to 10 certified Morgan Silver Dollars absolutely free. That's right, up to 10 100-year-old Morgan Silver Dollars when you invest $5,000 or more. A $600 value free. This offer is available for IRA accounts as well. Call right now, 800-631-9229-800-631-9229-800-631-9229. Call Lear Capital now, 800-631-9229. There were so many great quotes in that interview from Ian Crocker, the author of Have Mike Will Travel, a football commentator's journey. But one of the ones that's really going to stand out for me for the rest of today and and into this weekend is that being a soccer commentator, being a broadcaster, is just like being a goalkeeper. Think about that statement in terms of, yeah, oh, when you do well and, and you make all the saves, you're just, you're just doing your job. Occasionally, you'll, you'll make a big diving save and you'll get some highlight reel material and, and everyone will applaud you. But my God, if you make a, make a mistake, a single mistake, you are going to be hung out to dry. No one's going to remember the 25 other saves that you made. Everyone's just going to remember your one howler. Think about that statement. Being a football commentator is just like being a goalkeeper in the game. Ian Crocker, huge thank you to him. And uh, be sure to check him out this weekend. He'll be on Sky and on the World Feed calling Leicester and Crystal Palace. That game, I believe, let me double check this here real quick, will be on the USA Network here in the U.S. of A. Saturday, October the 24th, 7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the Eastern Seaboard. Enjoying San Diego and cannot wait to get back out to Ocean Beach this evening. I said I'm falling in love with Ocean Beach, and, and I had a few people hit me up on Twitter saying, dude, give it 72 hours. All right, hey, I'm ready. I'm giving it 72 hours. I'm all in. I love you, OB. Let's continue the San Diego love affair. For the producer back in San Francisco, Scott Cuddy, and the gaffer, Mr. Swansea himself, Chris Harris, my name is Nate Abarea, World Soccer Talk Radio, signing off. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.